This morning, we're, we're ending our month on the introduction to the Parami. And we have um, been doing this all of January. And next month, we'll start with the first Parami, which is um, generosity. So um, I'm going to start with a poem that I've been wanting to share um, quite a while. It's from our book, Poetry of Presence, that we, one of our ones we really like, which we will soon have in our resource section, which we'll, we'll soon have up on the website. Um, the poem is called, When I Taught Her How to Tie Her Shoes by Penny Harter. And um, I think it fits today with our introduction to the parami. When I taught her how to tie her shoes. Revelation. The student in high school who didn't know how to tie her shoes. I took her into the book room. Knowing what I needed to teach was perhaps more important than Shakespeare or grammar. Guided her hands through the looping, the pulling of the ends. After several tries, she got it. Walked out the door, empowered. How many lessons are like that? Skills never mastered in childhood? Simple tasks ignored. Let go for years. This morning, my head bald from chemotherapy my feet farther away than they used to be as I bend to my own shoes. That student returns to teach me the meaning of life, to simply tie the laces and walk out of myself into this sunny winter day. I thought this poem showed several parami. I thought that knowing what I needed to teach was perhaps more important than Shakespeare or grammar was wisdom to me. And she got it, walked out the door, empowered. That was an offering of generosity to another in the gift of wisdom. And that student returns to teach me the meaning of life. Uh, to me is wisdom and loving kindness. So the poem to me also shows the mutual nature of parami. We think we are offering goodwill to another and we discover that we receive it too. Even when we offer goodness to ourselves as with loving kindness to ourselves, for example, others around us benefit. The whole poem expresses empathy, which is not a parami, but is for sure a close relative, one of the two wings of the Dhamma and one of the two wings of the Dhamma, which you probably know are wisdom and compassion. So today for our last talk on the introduction, I picked out um, a few points that I was were coming up for me as I was uh, thinking about paramis. And one is um, the importance of the integrated nature of the paramis. Another was how important paying attention is. 
Another was the idea of how the transpersonal works with the paramis. And the last was doubt. Well, no, doubt and gentleness together, I guess. So that's what I'm going to focus on. And a really important book for me was uh, Ajahn Suchito's Parami, Crossing the Floods. So I'm going to refer to that a lot. In his book, Crossing the Floods, Ajahn Suchito says, oh, I can look up here, that's better, that the process of the mind cultivating the paramis is founded upon three major developments, that of empathy, inner strength, and clarity. I think I'm going to go to a screen share before I go any further because just to remind us of all the paramis. So let's see, screen share. Um, Okay. So do you see the paramis? Okay. So just as a reminder, generosity, ethics, which is also, you know, there are some different names and some are more, um, I don't know, are easier on the different people like different words. So ethics is also called sila or virtue or morality. So whichever um, works for you best. Um, renunciation, wisdom, energy, patience, truthful. Ness. Determination is also sometimes called resolve, and I kind of like resolve better, so that's what I used in this talk. Loving kindness and equanimity, the ten paramis. So just just as a reminder, so now I'm going to go back to my talk. Uh, let's see. And I think I'm going to repeat my first sentence. <laughs> Ajahn Suchito in his book, Parami, Crossing the Flood, says that the process of the mind cultivating the paramis is founded upon three major developments, that of empathy, inner strength, and clarity. As these three develop, even without our own direction, the ground becomes fertile soil for parami cultivation. We are seeing more and more that our purpose is communal for my welfare, the welfare of others, and leading to peace. We grow in understanding that others are just like me. They're my brothers and sisters. Inner strength develops as we align the mind with our intention. And in so doing, we're not swept away by the flood of worldly conditioning and our reactions to that conditioning. Clarity enables us to see what is needed in a given situation. Take a minute now on how your empathy, inner strength, and clarity have grown on this path already. Just think. Do you have more empathy, more inner strength, more clarity? Is that growing? If you can't see this, ask someone close to you if they see this growth in you. And recognize that you have good ground on which to build the paramis. In fact, 
Ajahn Suchito says we should look for the parami in each of these foundations. Loving kindness and ethics are certainly part of empathy. Determination or resolve and energy are needed for inner strength. Clarity requires wisdom and truthfulness. In addition, one needs patience to sustain our resolve and kindness to fortify our heart. And certainly we need equanimity around the progress we're making or around the difficulty we are experiencing as we work to develop these beautiful qualities. So this parami adventure is not one of first this parami and then that parami. When we aim our aspiration in one, on one, we are surely going to engage others too. Paying attention. These parmis are human qualities, gifts that all humans have access to. We need to really get to know them, pay attention to them in ourselves and in others. They're worthy of our time and effort. We shouldn't discount the ones that seem to come easily. I myself have a habit of thinking that if it isn't hard, I must be doing something wrong. If something is easy, it's suspect. The paramis are gold. They shine and are very pleasing to the heart. Look for them in varying degrees in different situations in your life. It's worth calling them up in your mind regularly. In fact, let's start right now. In her talk on the paramis two weeks ago, Lyndall described some ways to work with the paramis that were offered by different authors. Lyndall described how one author, Gail Stark, in her book, Creating a Life of Integrity, explained that emulation can be a factor in cultivating paramis. Others can inspire us and touch our hearts with their strength of character. I thought we could take a minute to think of a person who we know, whom we know, who inspires us with one or more of the paramis, or who taught us the value of a parami, or modeled it for us. I invite you to share this in the chat. This could be a well-known person from the public domain or someone from your personal life. You can say something like, my friend, my mother, and then say the parami that you associate with them that inspires you. I'll give an example. My mom taught me about truthfulness and modeled loving kindness. And we won't tell the story right now, but I'll tell you the story for me with my mother. Just one example was that I had a library book that I took out of the library without checking it out. And we were on our way to the library to return it. And somehow she found out that I, she saw that it hadn't been checked out. So she said, you didn't check this out. And I said, no, it was something about I didn't have time or something. I don't remember why. And she said, well, you need to take it back and you need to tell the librarian that you didn't check it out. It wasn't enough for me to just take it back. I had to tell the librarian that I had taken it out. And there were other examples. But to me, that really, I remember that. And I remember having to admit that I, you know, took it. And it was a little embarrassing, and that taught me, you know, that my mother, someone I respected, valued um, truthfulness and not taking what is not offered. And um, she showed me, you know, she 
showed me how to do something about it. So anything like that. So I just put down my mother taught me um, truthfulness and loving kindness. Um, there were a lot of things, but she really loved animals. And she would stop by the side of the road and take an injured animal or dead animal and, you know, help it. She would, you know, try to catch gophers in a box rather than, you know, trapping them. And and um, she had a big heart. So anyway, uh, just something like that. So if you d- take a moment, I can um, put the screen up if you need it, but for the paramis, but just share something if you'd like. Um, someone who modeled or taught you uh, a parmi. My Sangha's siblings, Jean says, for the their wisdom and truthfulness. Anybody else? You can take a moment. Might have. My supervisor at work, generosity, patience, and ethics, Pauline says. And uh, let's see, Deanna, my grandmother modeled generosity. And my husband teaches, Julie says, my husband teaches me resolve every day. Did I miss any? Let's see. My parents taught me ethics, Thomas says. My father taught me determination, Sean says. My dad taught me diligence, determination, and resolve. Sue says, my mentor taught me patience. And Sue says, my partner Bill taught me determination and courage. Not a part of me, but important. Yeah, I think we can throw in um, any uh, any trait that you really know is a good goodness. Pauline, my kids test my patience. Does that count? <laughs> yes, it does count because that's part of the whole thing we're gonna you know make mistakes and it's not going to be easy so that's a good example Nikhil Nikhil says my mom taught me equanimity oh no Lillian says my mom taught me equanimity and Nikhil let's see and my children teach me meta yeah I wanted to do this um thank you everyone who who has shared and um where did I, where am I now? Let me look at my, because I had a reason for this. Let's see, 10 paramis, no. Okay, I just have to, oh, there's my talk. Okay. Um, I think the calling up of these connections can remind us of the value of the paramis in our lives. And they can also remind us that we're connected. We learn from each other and we benefit from each other. We don't know to what extent our good actions will touch others. The other reason I wanted us to think about the paramis with real people is that I don't think our culture in general gives the paramis enough attention or esteem. Our society is um, more of a standalone, competitive, survival of the fittest kind of society. We tend to 
reward outward achievements, power, outer personality traits like charisma, appearance, virtuosity over the quality of one's character or goodness. Not that those other things aren't great, but we don't, I don't think we put in front of us and, and, um, you know, focus on these character traits. But I think as individuals, we do recognize and appreciate these qualities as we experience them in our daily lives, just like you showed when you shared. We recognize how valuable it is to feel safe with others we can trust. We're inspired by people who commit to realizing the Four Noble Truths and have the energy to persevere when they meet obstacles. We appreciate when others share their wisdom and insights so we can learn from them. It's just that sometimes we get dazzled by the glamour of other qualities. We can compare ourselves to others on society's scales and find ourselves lacking, or we can be propped up too. It's good to remember what we really value and what really matters. Now I'll jump to the transpersonal. They do connect. Ajahn Sachito talks a lot about how the paramis are transpersonal in nature. And the dictionary says that transpersonal means dealing with states or areas of consciousness beyond the limits of personal identity. The paramis are in the heart. We have to look within and clearly see where they are and then forge them out into the world. What does it mean that they're in the heart? I think of the felt sense of knowing something is unskillful that I have just thought, said, or done. The heart seems to have a deep sense of right and wrong. And the first folds of the Eightfold Path, Wise View and Wise Intention, put this felt sense into words. And that's the phrase I've already, already used, for my welfare, the welfare of others, and leading to peace. My welfare, in this case, refers to skillful actions, harmless actions, living a life of peace without regret. It's a transpersonal welfare, beyond the limits of personal identity, beyond the limits of I, me, mine. I think of Mother Teresa saying um, small things with great love. She does small things with great love, something like that. And the peace refers to the peace of Nibbana and the cessation of suffering. Nevertheless, doubt is a consideration, too, in cultivating these paramis. Developing the paramis over many lifetimes gave the Buddha confidence. It was within this confidence that he it was with this confidence that he sat under the Bodhi tree and vowed not to get up until he had awakened. And when Mara taunted him and told him he wasn't worthy of awakening, he had an unshakable confidence that allowed him to know that the earth would be a witness for him. And there is a quote which I read recently but cannot find where the Buddha says and refers to his good character traits as the reason that he's worthy and knows that he can uh, awaken. But I couldn't find it. It would have been great uh, to put in right here. (laughs) I think when most of us look at this list of noble qualities, we can feel a bit of a challenge. 
I think we need to accept that it is a challenging aspiration and it won't be easy. We will need to be very mindful, as Sue said, so that we can get into the weeds of our motives and behavior. And we will have to be very honest and probably share our truths with someone else, admit our mistakes, ask ourselves for forgiveness, and ask others we may have harmed for forgiveness too. But it's also an opportunity to build confidence and appreciation of our goodness. A couple of Sangha friends and I send gratitude emails to each other uh, most days. And yeah, most days. And um, we share a few things that were offered to us that day and that we're grateful for. I was thinking as I was writing this talk that I might keep the Parmes in mind when I do my gratitude email and see if I have had an experience with any of them, either in myself or in someone else. When I thought about this yesterday, I saw that it was hard for me to acknowledge that I noticed a Parmi in myself, let alone share it with my gratitude partners. I didn't want to be conceited. But I did share. I said that I was grateful for the energy and resolve that I noticed in myself. I said that I used these parami to write my talk for today. But with my negative bias, I wanted to say that if I hadn't left a lot of the talk to the last minute, I wouldn't have had to expend so much energy and resolve that day. If I have these tendencies, I imagine that at least a few of you may also have them. The Buddha was not afraid to express his confidence in his good qualities. They are not personal. They are transpersonal. They benefit the whole community. We don't wear them as a badge of status for ourselves. It's in this spirit that we need to cultivate the paramis. And I'll quote Ruth King once again. I quote her just about every other talk. Not personal, not perfect, not permanent. Not permanent is a good reminder that humility is an important part of the process, too. Sue's reminded us that we needed to have beginner's mind. We're all learners. The paramis are called the perfections for a reason. We're all going to make mistakes, and that may be where we'll learn the most. And I'm going to share learning of making a mistake in a later uh, talk because I, I really made a big one, but I, I did learn a lot. We need uh, to be gentle. Oh, this is the last one. Yeah. So we do, we'll have doubts, but we need to be gentle with ourselves so we can bring up the inner strength needed to look and see clearly what is wholesome and what is not wholesome what is for the welfare of ourselves and the welfare welfare of others, and what is for the welfare, not for the welfare of ourselves and not for the welfare of others. We need to um, be able to see clearly what leads to peace and what does not lead to peace. So we need inner strength because we're looking at both sides. We're looking at what the positive and the challenging And we need to see clearly because we have to watch these things and see and be able to separate them. And we have to do it gently 
That's the empathy part. We have the tool, and that's mindfulness, to help us, and it is absolutely necessary. In addition, judging and comparing undermine our inner strength. They're focused outward and pull us down deep into the overwhelming floods. We have to test the and hone these paramis in the waters for sure. But as Ajahn Suchito says, we need to build a boat and we need to build it carefully and make a temple of our boat, make it solid and spacious. Then warm-hearted, reliable companions like you will get on board with us. And that very vehicle becomes an expression of the goal of Nibbana. And that's what I have to say today. But I have homework. It's field research. And I, I, you don't have to, it's optional. But my thought was we could ask someone we are close to and trust this question. What do you see as my character strengths? And if you want, you can show them the Parmi list, but um, you can just ask it open-ended too. And or you can tell someone that you think their char- what you think their character strengths are. Yeah, so that, that's just a thought of something you might do. Um, and now it's time for breakout groups. Okay, it looks like everybody is back, almost everybody. Um, okay, now people are back. So um, if you'd like, uh, this would be a time to share out um, something about your sharing in your group or your practice or really anything that um, you want to about the parami uh, that you'd like to share. In my group, we each shared about it, it turns out they were all women in our lives who taught us so much and gave us so much. Sometimes we didn't even know which parami to, to ascribe it to, but just gave us love and, and affection and, and confidence and inspiration. And I don't know, others could add other words, but I felt at the end of our conversation just kind of goose pimples of all this, how we've gotten to these places in our lives because of the of the gifts of other people who um, taught us these beautiful things and gave us, anyway, it was just lovely. Thank you for that prompt to talk about other people like that. It was really, really lovely. I'm glad. It, when I was thinking about this, I thought about awe a lot that there's an awe in really 
you know, we talk about how human beings, you know, hatred and all this, but also there's an awesome positive part too. So, so I, I think awe is in, associated with the Parmes, <laughs> actually. I felt that when you were sharing that, that there. Would anyone else like to um, share about the Parmi in any way, Lyndall? One of the, thanks for your prompt, Lauren. And I mean, one of the things that I really enjoyed in our group and also in the, the chats that is that so many of the people that we brought up were, you know, like friends or relatives or, you know, children, things like that, you know, like people that are just sort of ordinary people in our lives. And it made me really um, have a sense of appreciation for these qualities in people that, I mean, I sort of know, well, you know, like if you're if your relatives and things, you see all the good qualities, but you see all the not so good qualities and all this mixed bag. And it helped me to really appreciate these re- these beautiful qualities that I don't always give them credit for and that I don't always give credit for in myself. So it's like seeing these qualities in just all sorts of beings. It doesn't have to be somebody that's way up here. Yeah, it's interesting you brought that out. Nobody uh, mentioned a famous person, you know. It was all regular people. (laughs) Thanks for bringing that up and sharing, Lyndall. And um, Pauline, go ahead. Yeah, I want to share what what, what my group shared and and also – to say that the the groups like this, the, you know, the communities like this, um, Sangha here and my um, other group recovery programs, communities, um, um, I've benefited from a lot of people when they share of pretty much all 10 paramis um, <laughs> when they share their stories and their thoughts and and helping each other, um, they've demonstrated all of these ten to me, uh, including this group, the Sangha group. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there's not an Academy Award for the Parmi, but <laughs> I think we really need to. That's why I think we need to tell each other too that we appreciate these qualities. I think we do appreciate them, but we don't often bring them out, you know. Okay, go ahead, Gene. I wanted to thank you for one of the most startling uh, interruptions from my monkey mind that I've ever experienced this morning. You said, where is your mind? And it was like in the future somewhere. And so I turned it around and came back to this moment and I realized that this is a place where I wanted to be in, in the moment, gathered with this group uh, and sharing things just as we are. Um, and so I wanted to thank you, Lauren, for something that happened probably, I don't know, four or five years ago. We were in a dyad and we were asking one another repeated questions. What's happening? What's in your mind right now? What's in your mind right now? 
and it was my one of my first experiences with that. So I was a little um, uncomfortable with it. But by you asking that question of me, I was finally able to see what the problem was. And it doesn't seem like it's very much, but I knew that I had a tremendous trouble being in traffic, driving. I would just get so intense and upset. It was incredible. And I realized in this dyad with you, sharing your wisdom, uh, that um, it was not having control of what was happening. I was in a flood um, and I was out of control, but you helped me um, see that. And so once again, I'm brought back to the wisdom and the um, truthfulness of the Sangha. So I'm, that's my story and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, it, it's the dyad. It's the power of the dyad. However, I do remember that dyad. I do remember that you were new. And I do remember you talking about traffic. I didn't, maybe you did share the, the breakthrough because isn't that what that meditation tool does? Because it is, that dyad is a form of meditation. I, I think maybe some of you maybe haven't experienced it, but it is a form of meditation and you keep asking the same question over and over. So the person keeps going to, tends to keep going to deeper and deeper levels. Um, anyway, that's very interesting, Jean. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being part of my Sangha. Mutual. Anybody else have anything to share? Yes, uh, Julie, unmute yourself. Yeah, I, I was just going to share a, a story of my personal experience, um, a kind of a recent experience. Um, I work with somebody, and um, I was working very, very closely with her yesterday um, for a period of time and just felt um, a lot of loving kindness toward her, despite the fact that she taught me so much patience because <laughs> I've been working with her for over a year now. And for the first year that we were together, we were pushing each other's business buttons like nobody's business and having to, you know, having being very, very serious about my Buddhist practice. Oh, my gosh, I, I, I went through every contortion and every iteration I could possibly muster up to try to work with that, you know, and. um and and I think it was just sort of repeated um, kind of resolve and persistence to constantly um, empathize with both of us. You know that we're, we're we're both allowing ourselves to be so triggered by each other. Um, but anyway, it was it was really lovely yesterday. I just wanted to share. It was really lovely because we you know we got through it and. Um, and so I, I think 
I just will continue to think of her with a lot of fondness and appreciation for, for what she helped teach me. Thank you for sharing that, Julie, because I think that that's where the, um, you know, the mistakes and the difficulty often teach us more. And I know I've experienced times where the person that I first take an aversion to is I end up when I frequently end up, wow, I see all these positive traits and I can go from that aversion to a totally different um, way of seeing them. And it does feel really good, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you sharing that. There's a lot of mixed bag with these paramis, you know. <laughs> it's kind of like good luck, bad luck. Okay, well, I think that's it for us today.